The real estate world is changing. Opportunity is everywhere. It has never been so easy to connect, share, and bring people together. We're learning from others and finding the very best in ourselves. Challenging our beliefs, overcoming our fears, transforming ourselves so we can transform our business. This is Investor Creator. Hey, hey, how's everybody doing? Awesome. How are you doing? Doing all right. I wanted to to talk about something really quick. This is something that we had to do in my personal business. So, and for those of you that are new, we've got some new people in. So I appreciate you guys being here. So this is a support call. And all that means is that it's all about you. It's not about me. So generally, if I have a call that's themed, then we're going to talk about like a certain type of training. And I'm going to touch on something really quick at the beginning of this. But these support calls are about you, your deals, what you have going on, the support that we can give. Okay. So uh, happy to really talk about anything. But I did want to, to kind of share this with you guys. So we've had a, a pretty strong year so far. Um, right now, I believe we have 14 that we've, we've put under contract since the beginning of the year. And our equity position across those 14 is right at 925000 And so we're approaching the million-dollar mark at this point. And so for those that know me pretty well, that, that's certainly not to brag because, uh, you know, it's, we're, we're really blessed to be where we are. But it, it's to show you guys what's possible, okay? But even with this, everything's based on fundamentals. And so talking about that, uh, we had a transaction the other day in Atlanta. Okay, so we're, we're marketing in Atlanta a little bit. And so we put two under contract in Atlanta the past two or three weeks. And so we had a situation where triage call happened. So for those that haven't gone through the training yet, the triage call is a five-question script where we really decide whether we want to set the appointment or not. Okay. So had triage, at the end of triage, we get their walkaway number. So if they owe something, what they're hoping to walk away with at the end of the deal. So that's their check at closing. And uh, the walkaway number was agreeable. So we were at 60% of as is value, you know, give or take. And so I I said uh, to my acquisition guy, I said, yeah, you know, go ahead and, and cut the deal. That's fine. A funny thing happened, though, because he called back and he said, you know, hey, we're good to go. And she said, well, you know, I, I really, I think I want to think about it. And really, I would like 15,000 more than what I agreed to sell to you for. Okay. And so my acquisition guy and I had this conversation today. And what it came down to was everything's going really well. You know, so far as an average, we're somewhere around 12 or 13 leads per contract right now, which is exactly where we need to be. But what we're noticing is that we're not creating enough tension at times. Okay, so what I want to submit to you guys is that, especially for those of you guys that are doing this over the phone, okay, if we're in person, it's a lot easier for us to to create rapport and trust in person much, much more quickly than we could do it over the phone. So it's like real estate 101, negotiation 101 is in person. But if you are doing this over the phone, like I'm doing, like Keith's doing, Nick does this a lot. We've got people all across in the group that are doing this all over the country. And so it's more difficult to create rapport and trust over the phone. And so the issue of creating tension is even more important because the tension is what is going to create sticking power in your negotiation in your deals. So truths are found in extreme. So let's take an extreme. So let's assume that we have a house that's worth $300,000 and we get to the end of triage and they say, well, you know, we own it free and clear, but we just want 150. 
if we say, absolutely, no problem, where can I meet you to sign this right now? Then we're going to begin, it's going to feel like they're being chased. Does that make sense? And so if we don't create the tension, and even if the, the price is agreeable, we still have to create the same tension. And so that's kind of what we segmented on this, on some of our deals that we found, because we've had a little bit of a difficult time getting contracts back at times. And so we just want to be careful of that, right? So uh, just kind of wanted to share that with you guys. We have to create tension whenever we're negotiating because tension is going to create sticking power in our deals, okay? Guys, I've negotiated furniture in on deals I don't want and I'm going to throw away. I've negotiated timeframes I don't care about because if we make it too easy, it doesn't seem real, right? And this is so much more important when we're on the phone versus in person again. But uh, anyway, I, I just wanted to share that with you guys. Happy to open it up to anybody in the group. You guys, something fun you guys want to talk about. Brad, I got some. Josh, what's up, man? Nothing much, nothing much. Just uh, coming back from an appointment. So I'll start off with that, then I'll go to the a deal. How about that? Okay. Talked to this lady like the beginning of the week. She told me she's trying to sell her dad's house. She's having issues with her her son to sell. The, uh, I'm sorry, her brother to sell the house. I guess he's been uncooperative. But um, I made it down to Tampa today, about an hour and a half drive from me, and went through the house. She kept talking about her brother, and I didn't realize brother lives like next door, literally, mm. and. Um, so I went into, I was about to start, you know, trying to do numbers or work some numbers with her, or at least talk about some numbers with her. And brother comes out, acting irate, char- charges her. Then my uh, owner's son pulls his gun out, is pointing it at brother. This is all while I'm there trying to do a deal. <laughs> well, good thing you're a police officer, but go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just kind of like, whatever, this is so stupid. <laughs> but. Long story short, I, I never got to the point to, uh, I just decided to end it at that for now. And I'll just make contact with her when the cops are gone. Cause the cops came out, like three deputies out there. And I don't know, it's going to be a workable deal anyway. It's, it, she got an appraisal on it, 235. She's already gotten investor offers in the 180s. And while I was there, two other investors showed up. So I'm kind of going on the philosophy that you've given of, and I'm going to let them do their thing and I'll talk to her later tonight and see where they're at, see what I can step in and do. So not a bad piece of property across the street from Bush Gardens in Tampa. Oh, it's wow. in a, a little bit more of an impoverished area. And there might be some other potential there because the house is on a lot and there's two separate quarter acre lots next to it. But right now they're all combined as one piece of property. So I might be able to, Ron and I talked about maybe splitting that up and selling it. I'm not sure. So would that impact your exit or is your 230 including that already? I think that includes it. I'm going to try to get a hold of the actual yes, paper appraisal. I'm not sure if it's if it's separate or not, but even if it's not, I think the appraised value might be one thing, but I might be able to even sell the property you know, at a higher value once it's split up. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, that's going to be a little bit of a wild card, and that's always tough to compare. You know, What's, what's the ARV on that one, Josh? What's the price point? Two two twenty five was the appraised value. She's getting offers at one eighty ish. My thought process was, given the area, it might be a good direction to sell the lots off to some type of duplex investor. I'm not sure. There's already some uh, newer residents duplexes in the area that you can see. The owner of this house he just recently died. He was the original builder and. 
he was there since there was woods all around him. So he's kind of seen that area blow up. Well, generally a lot is worth about 20% of whatever would go on top of it. So right. if the ERV is 200 exit and we're looking at 40K pads, something like that. That's trended up over time because, you know, there's just no lots available. So, I mean, if there's development going on in this, and surely there would be, if you're that close to Bush Gardens, you'd think that there would be a place that somebody would want to build a couple of daily rentals and, and just hold it. Yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting area. If you know that area pretty well, you know that Bush Gardens is randomly in more of an impoverished area as a whole. But interesting. I, I kind of actually had the same thought, you know, somebody that wanted to do like an Airbnb or something like that. That'd be a perfect area to do it, you know? I would think so. So that's well, one that, deal. That's I'm, one the, the crazy I'm, purchase stories I've ever heard. So that's... <laughs> well, as it's going down, I'm on the phone with Ron. Ron's on video chat watching this happening. And <laughs> I'm just like, and you know, I've got a history. I can't seem to buy a freaking house with my agency finding out about it. So I'm like, let's just, let's just add this to the issues here. Ron, what'd you think about all this? I was yeah. encouraging him to get the heck out of there. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I've, I've already designed his business card. So it's going to him with six guns on both sides. And he's, he'll, his slogan will be, I got a deal you can't refuse. That, that's a good idea. That's a really good idea. I've had a gun pulled on me before. And I was at a house one time where the Metro police officer dog trainer had a dog that attacked her in front of me. And that was terrifying. I think I'd rather have the gun pulled on me, frankly, because that dog was vicious. But uh, uh, that, that's about the craziest I've heard, man. So uh, hopefully, you know, in terms, and I've been doing this 11, 12 years in terms of purchasing and another five years as a realtor before that. So hopefully you, you've kind of like taken the loss in terms of uh, being in dangerous situations for a while and you won't have this come up for another 10 years. I guess we'll see. We'll see. That's right. That's right. So we um going on to the next one. We uh I'm sending it out today. Just want to kind of see your thoughts are. But I went and looked at another property yesterday. I actually sourced this one out on Facebook. Ron talked to her a little while ago, and I finally got over and looked at it yesterday. Here are the numbers. So okay. I'm really thinking that you could probably go ninety to a hundred owner finance. Okay. Yeah, a gradual. It, it, no, no, no mortgage on it. I was able to get her down to 65 with a walk away of 15 and uh, probably repairs. If we do the philosophy of just sell it as is, we're looking at maybe 5,000, probably maybe a little bit more in repairs is what I'm thinking. Okay. No arrears. Oh, payments are 300 a month. Let me stop you, Josh. So you bought this 15 now and 300 per month. Correct. Round of applause on that one, man. That's strong. That dude, that is strong. Strong, strong, strong. All right, cool. So for the new people, guys, this is a 0% interest deal. Okay, so the seller owns us free and clear. Josh negotiated a good price. So we, we've got as is equity as it stands. So this is where we're double dipping. So we're getting equity in price and we're getting equity in terms as well. And those are like the real home run deals. Okay, so we're at 65 cents on the dollar as it stands. Ballparking, 65, 70 cents on the dollar. But then... He's not tying up much cash. It's 15 down and 300 per month until paid at 0% interest. And so what that does is it makes your note grow over time. Or if you wanted to hold it as a rental, then you could do that too. But it's like a free, it's like a freaking free house. Okay. So, um, so 15 and 300 per month. Right. right. 
Go ahead. Sorry, I, I got excited there for a second. I had to just make sure. Yeah. <laughs> so we we worked through the numbers um, after I left the place. She she wanted she quote unquote told me she wanted to think about it. Long story short, she ended up texting me probably about fifteen minutes later and said, "Hey, if you can do it. Let's do it." And I said, "That's fine." So I was getting the contract out to her. Then we had maybe we were getting greedy out. Ron, I don't know if you want to say we were getting greedy or not, but we had talked about asking her, you know, if she could go lower on the down payment. And she said, well, I can go 12.5 on the down payment of a 500 a month in the monthlies. And I was like, ah, we'll yeah, go back up to 15.3 is kind of what my thought, thought process was on it. Yeah, 100%. Keep it 15.3. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, the contract's going over today to sign. She's already got a clear title search on it. So I think what we might do is just use that um, and just kind of do an in-house closing uh, with a warranty deed and try to lower our costs on the backside of that as well. Yeah. So 50,000 about about 300 per month. So we're looking at 166 months. So let me just kind of run through this for the newer people. So we got, we'll, we'll get, I mean, conservatively speaking, a, a $10,000 down payment on this. So we have $90,000 plus what we're going to do, a, let's just say a 5k loan origination fee. Okay, so my note on this thing is going to be 95000 $95, on the note. Okay, so my profit box is in purple here. So this is my profit. Okay, so we're going to kind of color coordinate this. So in terms of my cash, I'll have 10K come in from the down payment. I've got 15 going out. So we're negative 5000 But then we're going to talk about the note. So in terms of the note, we've got 95 wrapped around what's going to be 50. Okay, so we've got a $45,000 note, then that's day one. Okay, so day one, my note position's $45,000. Anybody want to run 7.9% on a 30? Keith, can you run this? 7.9% on a, it's okay if I caught you off guard. Uh, so you got to pay attention. 7.9% uh, on a 30 year at uh, 95K, it's roughly $760 or so. So ninety-five thousand. How did you come up with the forty-five thousand nut? Yeah, so that is the ninety-five thousand dollar note that's created right here, minus right. buying it for sixty-five minus fifteen. So there's going to be fifty k still remaining. Okay, so we'll have a. I'm ready if you want to give me the numbers now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, ninety-five thousand dollar note, seven point nine percent, thirty year. 7.9 or 7.99? Uh, either way. 7.9 would give you a payment of 690. 690. So 690 in, 300 out. So we're cash flowing 3.90 per month. In other words, and that 3.90 per month times 12 is what? Is 46.80. So my cash on cash return is 93% per year in terms of cash that I have invested in this deal, okay? And then in 160 months, my seller's paid off completely. I've got free and clear cash flow on a deal that I have very little money in. And this note that's 95,000 face value day one has probably come down to about 75 or 80 grand. Any questions on that? I'm pretty stoked about this one just because of the organic aspect of it. It's always yeah. nice to not have to pay for this loose. So. Yeah, that, that, that's always good. So you did a Facebook post? No, I scroll Marketplace all the time just looking for owner finance, looking for a for sale by owner stuff. And 
I just reached out to her and, you know, I know that market fairly well because of, I patrol it all the time. So, uh, I reached out to her and then, uh, Ron called her triaged her. And then I met up with her and did the, the walkthrough and, you know, I was kind of nervous, not going to lie. She used to be a broker. She has a history in, uh, a history in real estate. She knows it really well, but I just kind of laid it how it was in the perfect presentation. And she goes, Oh yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I said, okay. I just said, whatever you say, whatever she told me, I'll yeah, work it. Uh, I've had one real estate agent bring me a deal. I've actually bought four or five houses from realtors that they're the owner and they just want to be done. So if somebody calls me and they're a realtor and they have a house that they need to sell, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, it's kind of an amazing thing. Any other questions on this, guys? You know, when Josh went to, when I talked to her at length in the triage, I realized she was a professional. She'd done fix and flips. And, but that to me was a good, I mean, she understood the numbers. She knew, I mean, it was just a matter of laying out the numbers. It wasn't, a, you know what I mean? It, yeah. She was an intelligent person and experienced. So, you know, we're not trying to fool anybody. We're, this, is what, this is what it is. Yeah. And th that's perfect, guys. We don't want to buy houses from two people. One, if they don't want to sell us a house, we try to figure out a way to keep them in there. And then secondly, if they don't know the value, I I'd rather them go and find out value. I'm okay with somebody giving me a big equity position if they know what they're giving me, but I'm not okay with somebody selling us a $350,000 house because they think it's worth two hundred dollars and they want two hundred. Does that make sense? I just don't think that's super fair. The good thing is like with the internet now, somebody can search their address and know within a reasonable amount of money what the property's worth within 10 minutes. So it's not as difficult as it was 20, 30 years ago, I'm sure. Very good, man. Let us know uh, when the contract gets in, man, because this is, this is a fun one. This is a good one. Uh, who else has something fun? I've got something fun. Andrew, what's up, man? Man, doing well. How are you doing? Doing all right, buddy. Sweet. Well, yeah, I appreciate you uh, helping me out on this seller finance opportunity uh, that I came across here in Middle Tennessee in White House. And um, as I told you, I've never done these deals before. And I know you mentioned that you like to get them no interest and no balloon. And in this case, uh, just to refresh, uh, this is a seller that's got a property that's worth $270,000. It's 100% turnkey. I looked at it yesterday. It's in immaculate shape, not fully updated, but it's in a wonderful neighborhood in great shape. Uh, he wants two hundred and sixty for the purchase price. He wants twenty thousand down, uh, which is eight percent down, um, and then five uh, percent interest for thirty year and. And he's an eighty two year old guy and is trying to avoid paying capital gains, big chunks. That's why he doesn't just want cash. So um, yeah. that's why he wants to do something like like this with a five to seven year balloon. Um, I talked to you about what my strategy would be, and you know, ideally, I'd like to have no interest, but in this case, I could put. You were thinking I could get someone out here that would be willing to put 20% down, which is around 50,000 to where we'd be able to pocket that 30 and then wrap it somehow or somehow. I, I don't know. I'm not very well versed in these. So just came here to say I met with the seller. It looks like it could be a solid opportunity. I know I built some solid rapport. He might work with me on that interest rate. And he said he's got some other people interested. So I don't know if he was just bluffing or what, but uh, basically just wanted to know, uh, just kind of go over this one again and see if it would all be worth it. And I mean, I'd be paying close to full market right now. And I'm pretty bullish on that area in particular, but it's like, yeah. I don't want to speculate too much. You know, I don't, I don't want to be blinded by this potential 30 K spread on the front end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. So yeah, I'm just wanted, wanted to discuss this one again. Uh, Cause I was going to try to call this guy again today. Yeah. So um, 
This is one of these deals, guys, where like just because we can make it work doesn't mean that we necessarily should. And so I'm really on the fence with this. I know this area very well. We've transacted in this area and I like the area very much. But, you know, so my, my number one rule is equity first, cash flow second. And the reason for that is not because I'm anti-cash flow. It's because you can have both. So it's like, why would you go out and try to create cash flow when you don't have an equity position? And equity is created in one of two ways, either in price or in the terms. So like what I was saying with Josh's deal that we just talked about, he has both. Like he has a good price, 65K on 100K house, and we have good terms as well. So like that's the best of both worlds. On this kind of a deal, I mean, we're basically paying 100% of market value and we're paying basically market rates on the interest rate. Does that make sense? Now, can we make money on this? Yes, I, I think we probably can. I think the issue is going to be two things. It's number one, you have a balloon in five years. And so on your wrap, when you sell it with owner financing, you're going to have to do a four-year balloon on the wrap, okay? So that you have enough time that if they don't pay you off, that you can repossess the house and then resell it retail. And that's, that, guys, that's assuming that the retail market has not haven't had any kind of a dip in that time, right? I can't guarantee that that's not going to be the case, Right. So like, I'm really conservative in our numbers and I want to buy equity day one. Now, again, equity and price, equity and terms. If it was 260, 20 down and a thousand per month, I'd say buy it. Okay. If it mm-hmm. was uh, 200K and, um, you know, 5% rate, I would be okay with that. But the way that it, it stands, you know, I, for me, this would be a pass. Now I'm going to tell you how you could make it work. So, you know, this kind of a deal, I'm, I think in this area you're looking at, OFV's owner finance value, I think you're looking at 300,000. You got $50,000 down. So we got 250 on your note plus a 3% loan origination fee. So we're at 257,500 on your note. So that's the amount that your buyer is going to owe you is 257,500. Does that make sense so far? Mm-hmm. Everybody make, okay. So whenever we go through it, I mean, here's your cash. So cash, you'll have 50 come in, you'll have 20 go out. So you've got 30K cash. That comes in for you. Okay. Then switching gears, we've got the note. So we've got 257 wrapped around what will be uh, 240. Okay. So we've got 17,500 on your note. Everybody with me so far? Okay. So the third thing is cash flow. So, and I'm going to ballpark it here. Well, Brad, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I lost 17,500. Where was that coming from again? Yeah. So that's your note equity position. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you'll if you're buying it for 260, 20 down, you'll owe the seller 240. Your buyer's going to owe you 257.5. So that the difference there is your 17.5. Okay. Then your cash flow, and I'm ballparking it. So we're going to sell this thing at, let's just be conservative again and say we get two points on the deal. We're looking at what, 5,200 or so per year. So, you know, say, say $400 per month, for 400 to 450 per month. Let's just split the, the difference and say, 425 per month in cash flow. Okay. The cool part about this is that we're still getting 30K cash. We're getting a $17,000 note for the future. And that note is cash flowing $400 per month, give or take. Okay. On a deal that you got paid to take. And this is what I'm saying. So, guys, Andrew is more of a wholesaler, fix and flipper guy. And this is the power of financing. So, we're creating long term equity positions and long term net worth with the note, cash flow for today. And we're getting paid to take the asset. And so that's the power, right? Does that kind of make sense? Absolutely. And I appreciate you taking a look at that. I'm just over here in a space of like, I could put down the 20, take title to it, and then 
you seem pretty confident I could find someone to pay significantly more. So I would get that chunk. And it's like, I don't have tons of these deals come. This is actually my first one that I'm even looking at. So looks like maybe I could make it work. And I understand given what you've got going on, why you may be a bit more conservative, but that's just a better way to be frankly. Um, Cause I don't know what's going to happen with the value of this, but gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I mean, is there anything, is there anything that I need to be looking for as say, if I end up uh, meeting an agreement with the seller, uh, any weird steps or anything? Cause I, I've never even done any type of wrap or anything like that. Just putting that together, anything that I should avoid uh, or, or look for in his contract that might be... Well, I would never use this contract. Okay. Yeah, never never use your seller's contract. Okay. So use your own and just, uh, you know, you can write in special stipulations, whatever contract you want to use and put in there, you know, the terms that you're talking about. It, it's going to depend more on the closing docs and it's going to depend on what you put in the PSA. So like one of the things that may be in the note is a due on sale provision. Okay. And we don't want that. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? So basically mm -hmm. a due on sale provision would say that in the event, Andrew, that you resell this thing, that the entire loan comes due. Mm -hmm. There's no reason for him to write that because as long as he's getting paid and he's not having to pay the tax, then he should be okay. Okay. So I feel like gotcha. I kind of avoided the question, but I guess the big answer is it depends. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. And is this like a weekly thing or something? Or is this like part of your mastermind or? Yeah. The, so guys, Andrew's a friend of a friend. And so he jumped in. I was like, hey, just jump into the support call. Yeah, we do these twice a week. Okay, great. Twice a week. Be interested in joining that. So yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it. Cool. Um, Will reached out to me earlier. He just jumped in. He said he had a fun one. Uh, he wanted to chat about an interesting triage call. It sounded like. Will, you there? Yeah. So this is actually kind of triage on the back end for qualifying a buyer that I'm trying to line up for sub three before closing. And I've kind of lost hope that it's going to happen. So I'm, I'm getting geared up to, to close and, and do sub two. But the point of this is this guy has been reaching out and uh, he keeps saying he's interested. He's interested. He's interested. Uh, but he missed our showings because his wife went into labor and then it was a false and then they had to induce. And so Anyways, long story short, we're set to close next Friday. And so he's like, man, whatever it takes, you know, I'll do it. You know, he's not worried about interest, not anything. He's just like, man, what do I got to do to get this house? So I love the enthusiasm. <laughs> and uh, so anyways, we're going through, you know, three times the monthly, you know, payment for income. And, you know, we're talking about the logistics of what the monthly payment would be and, and blah, blah, blah. So we get to the point where, I'm like, you know, I know he just mentioned he had a wife, he had a kid. I was like, so, um, you know, will you send me your wife's name and uh, <laughs> wife's name and email to uh, so that I can have you both on the on the on the on the deed and everything? He said, well, well, I have two wives. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? He's like, yeah, I have two wives. And I was like, um, so are they both going to be on the title? He said, <laughs> that's a perfect question. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, do I live under a rock? Like, do I just not know how the world works? Like, does this thing happen? I don't know. So anyways, called the title company. I said, well, how do we close with two wives? <laughs> anyway, I just thought it was funny, guys. That's all. I just Dude, that, that's so amazing. And and your response to that was picture perfect. So who do we want on title? It's like not my business. We're gonna sell a house, you know. So that that's perfect, man. 
That's crazy, though. Uh, um, so is it looking promising he's going to close it? Well, actually, I, I was going to ask you about that if we could. Um, so I'm not super thrilled with where we're at. The gross monthly income's okay, but the down payment is low. So we've been requiring 25 to anybody who says they're interested. We've been saying 25 is our minimum. He said, you know, I could do eight. And I said, yeah, that's, that's definitely not going to work. He said, well, you know, I could like way, way, like everything I've got, I could do 13. And so my question was, could we, I made two proposals, you know, could we one cross collateralize the loan? He said he doesn't have someone to co-sign. So I was like, you know, is there anything we could do to cross collateralize? Brad, I was going to ask if that's something that you would do, or if you would just not do this. Um, or, you know, another question I asked was, you know, could we do if we if my minimum was 25 and he can do 13, you know, could we do something where it's like, OK, for the first year, we're doing an extra thousand of principal payments per month until it drops. But I'm afraid of putting this guy underwater. Um, yeah. So does he have like any kind of seasonal work or like where's the income from? He, he said he's a contractor and one of his wives works for FedEx or something. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just funny. Um, so, uh, you what know. What state I, is that in? <laughs> well, he's in Georgia, but he's moving to Tennessee. So, Uh-oh. I mean, I just, you know, this is new to me, guys. I, I was oh, like. That makes two of us. Didn't know this was a thing. I would love to close with them. The incentive is is really compelling to get this thing close up three that would actually leave me like 27 in the hole that I'd be paying myself back with. So not a huge deal. I've asked a private lender if they would help lend that Delta and I could do 10% interest only until I can close, you know, close it out. Mm-hmm. I feel most nervous about a three and a half percent down payment right on 375,000. Um, yeah, so, so but your cash flow is like a thousand a month. Well, now it'll be like thirteen hundred. Thirteen hundred. I mean, twenty-seven k to bring in thirteen hundred is pretty strong, man. I agree with you. It's just you know, is a thirteen thousand dollar down payment enough? Is that enough skin in the game to warrant the loan? But it, it is if they have the income to substantiate the payment. And so, what I would probably do in this case is I would. I would do a lease purchase on it for a certain amount of time to make sure that the payment stream is going to be there as opposed to getting title. Okay. And so I would say, look, you know, we're going to do six months and um, test everything out and go ahead and move in. We'll close in six months. Or if you come up with another, you know, $12,000, then we can go ahead and close at that point as well. Now, I mean, one thing I want to caution you on, and, and I talked to Keith about this, is telling people what they have to have before they've seen the house. Okay. Like, and this is a little bit different because there were tenants in there and they were moving out. And we had a property manager that was kind of squirrely. So this this may be an exception rule, but we don't want to tell a buyer, like, hey, you have to have 25K before they've seen the house. Like I've literally had people say they have two thousand dollars down, they see the house, they love it. The wife starts poking the husband and saying, You've got to sell your antique car, mm-hmm. and they come with 20 or 30,000. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, this stupid property management thing. I mean, I literally can't show or access the house until Monday. 
And, you know, I've got the owner saying to the property management people, like, hey, on Monday, we want Will to get the keys. Okay, but our closing's on Friday. And she's like, hey, I'm not giving anybody keys until I see an Alta statement. And I'm like, she works for you. You tell her what you want her to do, and she's going to do that. Like, so th- yeah. this whole thing is really, really, it's a little nerve wracking because we're closing on Friday and I'm saying, yeah, I can hope to show you the property on Tuesday or Wednesday, you know, and if it looks good, you know, we'll close on Friday. So yeah, that, I mean, point, point received for sure though. But yeah, if you would do this deal, Brad, you know, I hear what you're saying about lease purchase, love the sub three thing. If I could just, you know, kind of be done and put it to bed, you know, and not bury them with the payments. I mean, you know, um, you know, maybe the extra thousand a month isn't the right idea. You know, let's just do three points at six and a half percent. And, you know, let's just keep the payments where you can, you know, keep up with them. And yeah, I I definitely don't want to take, I don't want to make someone house poor Mm -mm. knowingly which is why we do three times uh, net because that's more conservative than, than conventional financing. So for, for the newer people, whenever we're owner financing a house to someone, we want to do whatever their net income is, divide by three, the, the house payment, PITI should not be more than that. And we'll, we'll kind of, you know, with extenuating circumstance, like play with that just a little bit. So if it's $3 over, we're not going to just say, no, you're out. But um, conventional financing is 31% front ratio on gross. So, I mean, we're more conservative than they are because we're using net income figures monthly versus gross income figures, right? And that's a big difference. It's a big difference. So, um, I hear what you're saying, man. I mean, if I can help, let me know, but uh, it sounds like you're you're in pretty good shape on it. I, I wish we had a better down payment. Guys, Will was talking to someone that had a, was it 85,000 down that we were like really close on? No, it was 125. 125, 125. You know, and the the stars just didn't align for us on that one, but uh, that's okay. Thirteen hundred a month cash flow, man. Ten deals like that for most people, they're done. Yeah, yeah. I just don't want to have to get the house back. That's you know, and if I do, not the end of the world, but would prefer if I didn't. Yeah, for sure. All right, let me go to Cody. Cody, what's happening? Yeah, I've got a quick one here. Uh, I'm assuming you'd pass on it, but I want to just verify. Mortgage 160, uh, walk away 10, zero in repairs, 172 ARV, and um, it's um, no arrears. So the house seems to be in, I mean, perfect condition, granite countertops. I mean, the guy looks like he keeps up things perfect. Um, um, obviously, there's not much equity here. Mm-hmm. Um and so just trying to figure out, uh, do you feel like a, you'd go sub three here or, what, or would you just say, hey, this is this doesn't have what we're looking for. He's got a three and a half percent interest rate on a 30 year and he's like two years into it. He refinanced it like two to three years ago. Yeah. So I would take the deal and I would do sub three. So, um, you know, for me, anytime I can get three and a half percent money, it's, it's like a, a free free deal. You know, so uh, I've got one very similar to this we bought last month. We bought for like 190. It's a 2.8% fixed, uh, but it's worth maybe 210, 220, something like that. It's not a big, big equity position, but, uh, you know, it, it was good enough for us to, to take it on. So, yeah, I would take this on, uh, put the buyer in place, sell with owner finance. You'll you'll get cash up front, take the note, take the cash flow. Okay. All right. It doesn't bother you that it's, uh, you know, 
couple thousand, two thousand in equity uh, position there. Well, my guess is that you're going to um, get the walk away down probably yeah. at some point. Okay, yeah. so that's number one. But would I still do it? Yeah, I probably still would. I mean, the thing is, like, you're going to make three and a half percent on the deal. So, I mean, ballparking it. I mean, seven point nine. 0.079 minus 0.035. So you're making 4.4% on 160,000 divided by 12. I mean, you're cash flowing 586 a month on this. Okay. You know, so yeah, I mean, I, I would take it. You're going to have a, a, a pretty tight equity position, maybe 10 or 20K on the note, but you know, five, 600 bucks, it's better Thank than you. a stick in the eye. Every day. Thank you. You bet, yeah, man. Did you do that same deal sub two or no? No. Why? Not thus I wanted to keep it as a rental. Like if this was in a really appreciating area, then I, I might look at holding that, but I'm not a huge rental guy. Uh, but that's the only reason I would sub to this. Uh, Meridian, Mississippi, does that concern you? I don't know enough about it to, to make a determination. Okay. All right. I've been to Meridian, Mississippi before on work travel. There's not much there, but they have them all. They have them all. <laughs> okay. See there, they got them all. We're, we're golden then. They've got them all. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. I think Appreciate it follows. From what I remember, it follows um Brad's philosophy. If it's a Starbucks, there a Walmart there, and it has like more than I think fifteen thousand people. I don't remember the number of people, but it has that. So all right, yeah. So we've got a Starbucks, we've got a Walmart or a Target, then we're we're usually in pretty good shape. All right. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Cool, man. Best of luck on it. Carl, you're up, fella. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right. Hey, just so y'all know, Meridian is, is my stop off when I'm going to Louisiana. Meridian's a good town. Uh, there's also a Chick-fil-A and a couple of nice hotels and stuff like that. So it's not that bad of a place. It's my halfway point between Louisiana and, and Alabama. So anyway. Carl, I'll get Chick-fil-A, Carl. Carl, I'll get you a house at about 7.9% interest. <laughs> <laughs> you can stop there and talk more. Cool. <laughs> Hey, Brad, did you see my message? Um, I, I don't think you guys knew, but I was on that call on Facebook where the pipe busted or whatever. Oh, okay. So you heard all of it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. I just wanted to make sure you, you caught that. I got videos and everything I'll send you. And well, I don't need to see it. It's just going to upset me. So uh, <laughs> we bought this house for 15 grand, and we, we probably put 30 or 40 in it, but we're retelling it. What do you think, Carl? Two two thirty. Yeah, two thirty. I forget the numbers exactly. Uh, uh, I'm going to get somebody out there to measure it too, because the, the county has it at twenty one oh nine, but the last realtor who had it had it at seventeen sixty nine. So okay. I want to make sure that we got that straight. But if it's at the twenty one oh nine, we're looking at um putting it on the market at two forty nine. I think it is. Okay. I think that's where we ended up at. If it's at the twenty one oh nine, since you got it. Well, you tell them the rest of the numbers because I'm just pissed off about your numbers on this one. Well, uh, you know, I could I, I tried to buy it cheaper, Carl, but I just couldn't. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> that is absolutely ridiculous. I hate you for this house. I really do. <laughs> Tony did a great job on the inside, though. Okay, cool. Cool. I, I haven't yeah. seen it in a long time. Th this was the worst flea infestation I've ever seen. Like... Um, <laughs> I'm going to tell a story of myself. So I, for some reason, I had a bottle of Four Roses single barrel in the, the trunk of my car. And so I went to this house 
And I was like, and I, I knew that there were fleas, but it had been treated. And I was like, oh, you know, there may be some fleas. It's not going to be too bad. Like I get, I don't know, 10 or 15 steps into the house and I can feel them attack my legs. And so I, I'm a pretty fair complected guy. And I look back and from my knees down, I can't see anything white. It's just fleas. It was the grossest thing ever. And so like I run to my car, I'm in the middle of the driveway, taking off my clothes down to my underwear. And I grab this bottle, but probably $60 bourbon. And I'm pouring it on my legs to get rid of these things, you know? And then I'm thinking the whole ride, ride back to Nashville, like, what am I going to say if I get pulled over? It's like, sir, I can yeah. call them. Like, yeah, you totally can. It's all over my legs or these fleas. And I'm a house guy. And it, luckily it didn't happen. But it was, this was one of the grossest houses I'd ever, ever seen, which is why we bought it so cheap. But we did okay on it, but uh, I'm assuming that's not what you wanted to chat about, but. <laughs> no, it's all good. And the photographer, she was there too. She got all the photos minus the water and whatnot. Yeah. But no, I'm on my way to one right now from here. And uh, the, the ARV on this one is 290K. She's got a mortgage of 70K. She started at 100, wanting to walk away 100. It needs about twenty five thousand in repairs. I've got her down so far to sixty five k of walk away. That's what she says she wants. I'm going to work on her some more when I get there. Well, yes, but we're okay the way we are. So sometimes it's best not to rock the boat. I mean, we got a hundred k sitting right now. Uh huh. You know. So okay. If I had to go in and pay the sixty five, I mean, again, create it. You may have missed what I talked about at the beginning. Create the tension in your negotiation. Now, don't make it easy at 65 walk away, but if I had to do 65, it's okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. All right. All so right. I've seen yeah. a lot of investors get greedy and, and they offer 5K. You know, they, they walk from a deal over 5K when they were making 60 or 70 on the back because okay. they, they just, it was an ego thing that, and not Carl's not an ego guy, but you know, the, the 5K was like they wanted to win on the purchase. When they were really winning on the back end, anyway, does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. So well, you're going to I put, uh, yeah, I'm headed there now. I've I got, I got another hour before that appointment. Okay. And one more, and then I'll get off. Had one yesterday. The one I was telling you about, way out in the middle of nowhere, this place called Down Creek, Alabama. Finally got to go over there to see that guy. It's the the ARV on it is eighty six four. It's free and clear. He's owned it for 31 years. Needs work, but, you know, I don't know, 20K just to get it, you know, up to date because he hasn't done a thing to it for 31 years. However, he was looking for 48.5. And when I got into it, asking him why he needed that, he said he really needs 25 to start because he's got to, um, he wants to build, he's a, he raises dogs too, and he's got, he wants to build a kennel out to where he's moving to and he needs 20 about 20 25 to do that as well as you know get the everything right for it and then he 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 was open to receiving payments on you know the remainder let's okay. just say another 25k okay yeah so my intent is to uh you know offer him that other 25k maybe over 10 or 15 years because he was. He talked about renting it if he didn't sell it. I, I got that off of your, the uh, triage, or when you know when, when you're at the house. You said if they, if you when you're asking them, what are you going to do if you don't sell? 
he said, you know, they, if they say they're thinking about renting it, then that's a good end to see if they'll take payment. Yes. And so he said the magic word saying, I might rent it. So then I said, well, look, what if we, you know, did maybe, you know, the, the 20 down that you need, 20, 25 down that you need for the house, for the kennel, and then do the balance of payments. And that way you'll, you'll be getting payments every month because he's getting ready to retire as a coach anyway. That makes sense, man. And generally you can take the rental amount that someone's going to get and then subtract out, okay, how much is vacancy? How much is repair cost per month? How much is your taxes? How much are your insurance? And he's going to be down to 250 or 350 bucks a month net that he was going to get. And then you say, well, okay. if I could get you what you were going to make anyway, would something like that work? You know? Yeah. So I, I think you're in good shape so, on both these, man. Okay. All right. So, but hey. Well, I'm, you, I'm headed. Yeah. You, Carl, you got to do the selfie. If you if you get this deal with the 120K equity position, you got to do the selfie. That new, oh, okay. This is the danger of, of coming to these calls. Sometimes we ask you to do selfies. We'll <laughs> Okay, I will. I got the husband's going to be there this time, though. So we'll see what happens. What he said. No, that's all right. We she, like, we like husbands. She just, she just wants to get rid of it. So, yeah. <laughs> what's the situation on that one? What's the motivation? Well, the motivation on this one is it's just the two of them. They're both in their mid sixties. Their son, who was in the Air Force, got out, came home with his wife and his wife with two and a half kids went on the way she had that kid and now she's pregnant again. And so they've run out of space in the house and it doesn't look like the son and the wife and the kids are going anywhere. So they just out of space. They're out of slips in that house. And um, that's why they just want to go ahead on and move on. And, you know, they're going to obviously use whatever money they get as a down payment, but they don't necessarily need the down payment money. Gotcha. And is this in Huntsville? No, it's an hour out. No, this one is in. Uh, well, no, this one is in Hazel Green. So I'm going from Somerville from your house right now, all the way to Hazel Green on the other north side of Huntsville. Okay. All right. Right on, man. <laughs> Keep us posted. Sure will. Thanks. Right, you bet. Keith, you're up, buddy. Great. I wanted to run those numbers of the house that I got yesterday. ARV, and I, I'm. More dialed in with my numbers in the text that I sent you. So ARV, 28,000, mortgage, zero, walk away, six, repairs, 12, arrears, two for taxes. Okay. So what's, the, what's these repairs? Roof. Like roof needs to be done in the next five years or we're pouring buckets right now? Roof is leaking in the laundry room. All right. So I have five for the roof, paint. Interior, exterior at 36, a little bit of landscaping, uh, seal the basement. And that one, I don't know if that's true. She said that it may be the hot water heater, but her son is coming over today to see if it's like the rain coming up and coming in between a cracked seal between they have an addition in the back and it's two slabs and, and she knows that there's a crack in the slab, but that's where the water is pooling, but she doesn't know if it's coming up from the rainwater or if it's coming down from the hot water heater. It would take a hell of a lot of water from a water heater to create an issue. I mean, I right. say that that's not necessarily true because Carl just called and said, Hey, we've got a river flowing from your house out the garage down the driveway. You know, that's how that goes. So uh, whatever so it is, it's not super bad, but I allocated like 500 bucks. If it's the hot water heater, then replace the hot water heater. If it's 
if it's a seal, you know, I think that you can just seal it as if you were going to seal a basement. I don't actually know, but I allocated 500 bucks for that. And then house cleaners to go in there and clean up the place. So I, total is $12,000. Okay. So what you're thinking on it? Uh, I'd like to rent it out. I don't know if PropStream, so I love PropStream for the comps and the ARV and such. I don't know if the monthly rent on it is uh, is correct. So I'm actually signing up for Rentometer or Rentometer, however you say it. If anybody has any other- How's that? Uh, Jackson, Mississippi. Jackson, Mississippi, okay. But PropStream says that I could rent it for 867. So I figured, well, let's say it's like super far off. If I can rent it for 750 and I'm all in for 20, that's a reasonable, I think that it's more than reasonable uh, return. Yeah. Is that uh, a strategy that you would do there? Or would you do something else? So the ARV, when was the house built? Ballpark. 1950. Yeah. So, I mean, do we know if we have galvanized? Do we know if, I mean, obviously we have lead-based paint. Do we have knob and tube or do we have like the, the good wiring? Not sure. Everything that you just said is over my head. Okay. So like galvanized plumbing is, uh, it corrodes over time. So you have to replace it. I mean, that's a big expense. Uh, and if you don't, as it begins to corrode, it, it, the, the water is rusty. So it's not drinkable. So galvanized plumbing, knob, knob and tube, uh, electric. Generally speaking, you, you're not really supposed to insure knob and tube houses because if it, it's a fire hazard. And so if there is a fire and they find out it's knob and tube, then they're not going to provide coverage. So what, I, what I'm trying to come up with in my head, it's like, okay, if this was a, a this is, was a house built in the 90s, we know that the major systems are pretty much up to standard, then we're not going to have a whole lot of repair costs over time. Okay, what we don't want to do is, even though this house is cheap as it stands, and my guess is, you know, this 12, you can probably get done for seven or eight to get it rentable. It's like, what we don't want to do is buy a problem where Keith, guys, Keith is in Hawaii. He's buying all over the country right now. And so like having a rental in Jackson, Mississippi, wherever that is, and then you don't have boots on the ground, you have to have a property manager. I just don't want to create a problem. Yeah. You know, so at 1950s build, we're going to have more systems issues the next 10 years than if it was a 1990s house. And that's pretty, it's like, geez, Brad, like what a genius you are to come up with such a statement. But you guys, you see what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like, I just don't want you to to get into this. And then like they, the, your tenant goes in there and they say, hey, you know, we're taking a shower and it kind of smells like rust. And then like we get uh, a glass of water and it looks like on Walk the Line, the movie where Johnny Cash goes to Folsom Prison and the water's yellow. And then you have that issue. See what I'm saying? Yep. Get the home inspection and you'll know. So I think like, for now, let's reconvene on this in a week or two. Whenever you have the home inspection, we can see what you have. Okay. Okay. Great. Thanks. Is that the only one you have? I locked up another one earlier. I don't have everything all prepared, but I have rough numbers in my memory. Actually, I think I can pull it up pretty quickly here. So this other one I just texted Nick about. It was the one that we were talking about. Last week, I finally got it under contract a couple of days ago. This one, ARV. Let's see. Give me the address, Keith, so I can do some stuff while you're talking. 1010 South 51st Street. 1010 South 51st Street. Temple, Texas, 76504. Okay. So I have ARV of 100. Actually, you know what? I'm 
freaking smart and I put links in my thingamajig here. So let me just click on these links and that'll help. Okay, so my ARV is 100,000. If I were to take it retail, I plan on taking this sub three though. So repair 27, mortgage 57, walk away. Gosh dang it, of all things to not write down, that's what I have. Oh, 2,500. Oh, that's right. I have uh, some now, some later. So total is 7,500 bucks. Some now is 2,500 and it's $300 a month, principal only until paid. So it's 18, I think 18 months. And then arrears is uh, 2,000. Okay. Is that so what I'd like? Mortgage payments or is that taxes? Mortgage payments, taxes are escrowed into a mortgage. Okay. Great. So what I was planning on doing was owner financing at 95. And then hopefully I'll be able to get 15% down, which is a 15,000, approximately $15,000 down payment. Uh, and then I, my calculator over here is all jacked up. But basically her monthly payment is 844. That's P-I-T-I. Do we have P-I? Uh, no, she has to send me her statement. Well, let's ballpark it and say two hundred off, so six forty-four. Okay. Okay. We got a high rate there, if that's the amount, or we have a. a How long has it been paid down on? Did you look that up? Yeah. What's the term remaining term on it? Uh, no, I haven't looked that up. Yeah, I'll look it up in prop straight because that's what I've seen a lot of this stuff with the higher rates and stuff that's been, you know, ten years down the thirty-year term road. You know, at least maybe fifteen. Yeah, mm -hmm. and if it's that high, I don't. I I don't know that I've seen anything written above five percent. And I don't know, probably yeah, who knows how ten years. Yeah. So I have that the the sale date was twenty twelve, and it was you have prop stream, right, Keith? Yeah, I'm looking it up. On you know how to find you know how to find and calculate it off there, don't you? Mortgage and transaction history. Yeah, then you can calculate. Then you put it in a calculator and you can calculate what the interest rate and uh, right, right, right. remain permits. So I have in in 2012, she took out a loan of 69.6. That's estimated though. I don't have to pay for the document. Okay. Well then. We've got some kind of an escrow thing or something because in 2012, I don't think you could find money that would be expensive enough to create a 644 payment. Okay. Okay. So let's run it that way. Let's just assume that we're at a 6% rate and she financed 69. 69. Yeah. 5% and 30. So that would be a, a 370 payment. Even at, well, that's at 5%. Let's say 6%. That's 413. So let, let's just say we're at 425 out. You've got some kind of an escrow issue here, or you've got a term that's not a 30-year term. Mm, okay. Or just a junk lender that <laughs> is just super uncommon. But go ahead. All right. I'm not able to see like who she financed with. I have written down that her monthly interest rate is 3.5, but that's like my default. If I don't know, I put in 3.5. Yeah, I, that's probably wrong. Yeah. We'll um, get the statement and deal with that. Yeah, we'll get the same in next week. She's going to email it. She doesn't even get her mail. Some other, one of her friends gets her mail. So she had to get it requested to get sent to her. As soon as she gets it, she'll scan an email to me this week. Okay. Um, but 
my idea. Yeah. So you have it written down Owner finance at 95, hopefully get 15. That way I walk away with about a $9,000 down payment profit with monthly cash flow. And that is un- my monthly cash flow is all jacked up because I don't actually know what her payment is. Right. Well, let's say it's 85,000. And Nick all the time does 9.9 in, in these Texas markets. So we'll do 9.9. Yeah, okay. well, I do APOR plus six and a half percent to keep it a qualified conforming mortgage. But it's probably right now, you're probably looking at about 9.25 max. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't go more than that personally. All right, we'll, we'll say, we'll just say nine. Yeah. So that's 683 in. 683 minus 425. So say 260 per month. It's on the low end, but. Yeah. You know, but your net position is uh, 57, 67, 77, 28,000. Something like that. Okay. So. I guess by looking at this, I think this was probably a seller finance deal when she bought it. Just my, just my hunch. Yeah, something's up with it, isn't it? I mean, there, there's, there's something, the payment's too high. Either the rate is garbage or- Taxes and insurance are high and that's probably part of it. Oh, wait a yeah. second. No, I lied. It's, this was an FHA loan with Fairway. I lied, yeah. This initially was an FHA loan in 2012 for 68,682 with Fairway. So- How did you find that? My job, Keith, it's my job. No, just kidding. I got this off of- uh, this. You tell them, man, you tell them. Come on, man. <laughs> this is this is from Propelio. I found this on to my Propelio app. Oh, got it. Okay. They don't have. I don't get the detail. I don't get. I don't like it as much because it doesn't give me like the loan term and rate and stuff like that. I like PropStream better for that. But at least I know I do see the lender on this one where PropStream didn't show the lender. Okay. I think you're good on this one too, man. Uh, okay. Keith messaged me, I guess it was last night or the night before, and he said, man, I, I keep buying stuff. I'm trying not to buy right now, and I keep buying. And I was like, that, that's a terrible position, man. It's, it's a terrible life, but somebody has to live it, and I'm sorry that it's you. I'm on three weeks of marketing shut off and still got a property a week, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, um, guys, that's what good lead generation and, and decent follow-up systems will do. You know, Keith is like, they're following up with me, asking me if I'm still interested. <laughs> you know, makes a difference. All right. Keith, anything else, buddy? Uh, yeah, just a question on the last one regarding um, rents. Does anybody have any good things besides rent-o-meter, rentometer? Is there is that good? Is that probably the best thing out there? Hey, this is Carl. I'll tell you, I mean, as much as they suck, Zillow has pretty good rent rates. Their really? rents are usually pretty good, pretty on, pretty on on spot. Their there's estimates, forget it. But but the rent that they show, it's all and and I have rental meter, and I, and whenever I do something in rental meter, it's the same number I get out of Zillow. Cool. So I would just stick with Zillow's number if you have to, or check with the local property manager, but. From rental meter, it's never any. It's never a variation. I haven't had a variation yet, anyway. Do you think they just steal it from Zillow? That'd be pretty jacked up. You're paying like twenty bucks a month. Either that, or Zillow steals it from them. 
<laughs> yeah, well, freaking but, Zillow. So PropStream says uh, eight sixty nine, and and Zillow says eight fifty. So I'm feeling yeah. pretty good with my seven fifty number. Yeah, it's it sounds yeah. pretty good. All right, cool. Thanks, Brad. Cool, man. Thanks, Carl. Ray, what's happening, dude? Hey, what's going, Brad? Good, man. How you doing? Good, good. Hey, I actually had a lead coming in. I'm going to see it this coming Friday. I just kind of wanted your opinion on what you think you would do with it. All right. The uh, the mortgage, the balance is a hundred thousand. The walk away is ten. The repairs, I'm not quite sure. I mean, as of right now, if I had a ballpark, I would say like fifteen. But you know, I didn't see the house yet. How uh, big is the house? Do you know roughly the square footage? It was about twelve fifty around that ballpark. Okay, so I mean, a fifteen k budget gives us a decent cosmetic budget. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see, ARV about one fifty five, and then uh, rears none. And now. This is why I kind of wanted your opinion on it. So it's in a town that I know. It's kind of like the town half of it is like a war zone. And the other half is like, okay, you know, like mediocre. I haven't seen the area yet. So I'm not quite sure which section it's in online. It looks like it's not in a horrible area. I'm just not quite sure what I should do with this one. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we're at 76% of value if we get the walk away down to five and then the repairs down to 10. So, I mean, th this is not really a retail deal unless it looks like the 150 is a little bit too conservative. Because what I'm seeing in these lower price ranges, and of course it's market depending, but what I'm seeing in these lower price ranges where there's not much inventory is nobody knows what pricing is. So, yeah. Me, I'm putting stuff on the market where I think it's overvalued and it's still going 10K over ask. And so, you know, the, the question do we, that we have is not whether it's going to sell for what price, it's what is it going to appraise, you know? So if you're in that kind of a market, then we can look at it and say, well, maybe this is really a 160 or 165 house, which would really help. But let's assume that these numbers are correct and you get the walk away down a little bit and the repairs are a little bit better than what you think. I mean, this is still not something that we can retail. And so this is going to be one where this is a picture-perfect owner finance, assuming that the 100K is at a preferable rate, which I, almost all the time it is. It's really rare that we run into expensive money. Like Braden had like a 9.9% .9 underlying uh, somewhere in Louisiana, I think, uh, not but maybe a couple months ago. That, that's the highest that I've seen in a long time. But, uh, you know, overall, this is a, a sub-3 deal. Owner finance it. Really good price range owner finance in. And I think you'd be okay in it, assuming you don't get shot. So let's stay out of the war zones. That's the only thing that, yeah, poor Josh, man. <laughs> I cannot imagine. Uh, poor Josh, uh, guns getting pulled. He's like, I'm just trying to go over some numbers here to buy a house, you know? And that's kind of that. But, um, you know. Yeah, I'm quite sure about this area. Well, obviously, until I get there, I know there's a lot of war zones out there. But um, so you would do this either sub three or sub two would you take a sub two or no i don't think so you would just sub three it yeah if the rate was really cheap to maybe three and a half percent let's just say under four percent then I, I would consider it if it's in a decent area and all of that if i had to so like let's say this thing is they have to sell in the next two weeks for some reason and that's the only way that i could do the deal then i would consider it i wouldn't be ex totally excited about it so yeah um, that they want to be out within 30 days, which is kind of weird because I'm kind of thinking that they're not 
really set on 30 days because I called her a week ago and you know that was actually most of the questions about the group in the Facebook group because I kind of got thrown off guard. I'm going through triage and then I'm like, how much is left on the mortgage? She's like, well, I don't know. And then I'm like, well, how much are you looking to get? She's like, well, I don't know again. And I'm like, oh Jesus, the triage isn't going that great. So I said, okay, well, how about um, let me figure out what the mortgage is? Can you call back? And she never called, so I followed up with her this past week. I followed up with her yesterday, and she the appointment with the appointment for Friday. Um, that's when she was. That's the only time she was available. Okay, so, uh, and so we know the mortgage is a hundred now. Yeah, yeah, we we know the mortgage is a hundred. So, so I know she wants to move in thirty days, but I don't know if she's a hundred percent set. You know, considering she didn't even get back to me, I'm saying that if it went over. If I was, you know, to do the sub three a little bit longer, I don't think it'd be a good deal. Yeah. I don't think she's like real strict on the 30 days. I think I got about half that. I don't know, like your your microphone is extra scratchy or you're rolling around on the floor. I'm I'm assuming it's a microphone. Um yeah, so I mean if let me address this really quick. If in triage someone doesn't know their mortgage amount, then we're going to to kind of just uh, open it up for them to guess. Okay, and then later on we're going to talk about the walkaway number. If we don't have the the number for the mortgage, we cannot continue triage. Okay, so if someone says, "Well, I'm really not sure what it is," like, "Oh, I'm not going to hold you to it. Just what's your best guess?" Well, you know, I hate to give you a number. Well, Wrigley Field, give me a ballpark figure. You know. And uh, if they still, well, I really don't know. It's like, well, tax record says that you bought it for 300. And at that point, you you borrowed 280. So do you think you owe more than 300? Oh, no, definitely not that. Okay, well, do you think you owe 250? Oh, yeah, I, I, I owe more than 250. Okay, well, let's just call it 275. You know, so we can brace it on both sides, you know, what they bought it for. And then, you know, uh, something that we assume, unless they made a big, big principal payment would never happen on the low end to get them to come up and say, no, we definitely owe more than 250. And then we can kind of, you know, brace it in the middle. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. And so, you know, at that point we can talk about a walk away. If you owe 275, what are you hoping to walk away with? You know, right. but, uh, yeah, I mean, run the appointment, see how things go, you know, sign up the best deal you can, if it makes sense. And then you can uh, get your home inspection if you need to and renegotiate if you need to, you know, based on what you find out there. but. Now, overall, you know, this is a, a nice base hit, assuming the rate is what we think it's going to be. Right. So this is definitely be sub three all the way then. Well, I'm going to leave my foot in the door for sub two, but I'm I'm really walking quickly to the sub three room, if that makes sense. So I'm not going to say no to sub two, but uh, probably not. Got it. Got it. And then... Uh... Okay. Yep. And that's it for this deal. Oh, and I did call about that other deal I had going on. Same thing, Waterbury. Um, I did try to negotiate that second lien, that second mortgage down. So they said, I asked to speak to a manager. They said, they, they're they like, well, what do you want to speak to the manager about? I'm like, well, about, you know, purchasing the note on this property. And then they're like, well, I could help you with that. And I'm like, okay, well, are you a uh, decision maker? And then they said, well, yeah, I can negotiate the price with you, which 
then uh, later on, I did find out that he can only negotiate up to so much. And he's an African manager. And then he said he wouldn't even, he said he wouldn't even consider, you know, so I got him down. So I did exactly what you said. I, I actually started at 2,500, which I thought was going to be like, I thought he was going to laugh at me because it's 100K. So it was 100K. I'm like, listen, man, I'm like, I got 2,500 for you. And then he's basically like, he's like 2,500 on 100. I'm like, I'm like, listen, you guys haven't been paid since 2011. I'm like, I'm like, if this thing forecloses, you could have nothing. And then they're like, no, they're like, yeah, I think we're at that point. We'll, we'll risk taking our chances. They're like, if you come at me with like 20, you know, about 20,000, 25,000, that would be a different story. I'm like, man, I can't do that. I'm like, would you consider five? And then that's basically where we left off. He's like, unless you're going to come up to at least 20, he's like, I can't even go and talk to my manager. He says, it's not even worth it. And I'm like, well, can I talk to the manager? He's like, no. He's like, this is, he's like, I, I already know that it's a no. That's pretty much what happened there. So were you surprised by that? That came from 100 to 20 in one phone call? Yeah. And you want to know what? I actually think this is a good learning experience for me. But also, here, let me tell you where I think I dropped the ball. Through, like, so I was talking to him. I'm like, I said, listen, I'm trying to purchase this house. I'm like, rehab it. Then this is where I dropped the ball. I said, I said to him, the first mortgage was way too, was a lot higher than I expected. And then before I even got a chance to finish, he's like, well, how much is the first mortgage? Like an idiot, I told him. I shouldn't have told him what the mortgage was. I'm like, the first mortgage is 220. And he's, then he ended up pulling up comps. And he's, oh, he's like, the comp is about 275. He said, my 20. He's like, so that's what we would be looking to get. And I put my foot in my mouth. Should have said, Oh yeah, the first mortgage is like two sixty. You know what I mean? Well, I wouldn't lie to him, and I, I know that that's not what you're saying, but I, I think it's very fair to say. Look, it, I don't remember exactly, which is the truth, because you don't know exactly. You don't know to the penny what it is. But it's like I don't know exactly, but it's really high, and I'm I'm just trying to make this thing work. And I mean, if if I can get you guys out of the way and you make something, then I could take this thing on and and maybe pull. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Maybe I hold it as a rental. I don't know, but. Uh, you know, it just kind of de- depends on what the deal looks like, but I'm just trying to make this work. And these people are done with this house. They do not care if it forecloses. I'm trying to talk them into it. I mean, try to help me out here. Does that make sense? So, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't tell the bank, oh, it's 260 and that kind of thing. Yeah, I definitely shouldn't have told them how much it was. I should have said, oh, I don't remember off the top of my head, but it was extremely high. Yeah. It was- yeah. Yeah. Leave it vague. I should have said close to, it was pretty close to market value. I should have said something like that versus giving. So like that gave them the upper hand to negotiate against me. And I'm like, yes. Yeah, so yeah, but even still, dude, I've, I've done this a lot. And I, I don't know if Raph is still on here. He had one where the, the deal ended up not working because of title issues, but he got them from like 40 down to like five grand or something. And they started off at like 15 or 20 or something like this. And then he, he ended up uh, really wearing them down. You know, over time, you know, the first person that, you, dude, you did a great job. Like the first person that you talked to, you got them off 80% of value. Not bad. Oh, it definitely, uh, it was surprising knowing that they were willing to go that well. So that is, that is cool knowing, you know, I mean, this whole, even though from the beginning, I didn't think the house was going to work out. At least I I learned so much from this deal. Like, 
how many different banks, you know, the authorization to release, you know, it's like some banks are fine with the owner calling in and they'll talk to you immediately. Some they're not some, they want, you know, your first born, you know, it's like, they want so much information from you, but then there's, you know, even talking to the solar company, like I never had to call a solar company about a, a solar lien on a property. Mm-hmm. It was just a learning experience and it, it was good for good. sure. Yeah. And and I thought that that would happen, which is why I was like, hey, continue in it. You're going to learn something. And what I was, you learned what I hoped that you would learn is that a second mortgage is is willing to highly discount. Dude, my guess is you're, you're somewhere around maybe 10 to 12K and you would buy this all day. Something like that. Yeah, it just it just sucks that uh, he wouldn't even take it to his manager. You know what I mean? It's like he. Well, I would say okay. So what's your name? Because whenever I call back, I'm going to get to a manager. I'm going to, I'm going to tell them that you wouldn't put me through. Hey, why don't you just buy it? Why don't you just buy it subject to and then go foreclose on it? Oh, wipe, out, uh, wipe out the second lien. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, foreclose on yourself. Well, the first thing is they didn't want to reinstate the loan at all. Like they yeah, the seller. Want to it. So um, that was one reason, but I actually never, never thought of that. Is that, that's really possible. People actually do that. They buy first and then foreclose and. Yeah. Wipe the second out. Yeah. Sure. And so you could probably buy the second for 70 or 80 cents on the dollar. My guess of oh, the first, I mean, for 70 or 80 cents, something like that. So how would that work? Well, you'd have to have the cash ready. Right. You know, so that at that point, you know, a hard money lender, they want an asset that's generally not paper because they, rehabbing paper is a little bit different than rehabbing property. And so you're, you're probably going to have to do both. But, uh, you know, you'd have to, let's say, what was the, the amount on the first 220? Yeah. So 220 times 0.7. So you'd have to have 150k sitting or or available to you, which I'm sure we could get in the group because uh, it's a 300k exit, right? Uh, yeah, I would definitely for sure. So uh, you know, call the first mortgage company and say, hey, you know, I see that you guys have this default. You know, you guys uh, I'm working with the. I don't. I don't. Frankly, I don't know if I would tell them that I'm working with the seller, but it's like, hey, I'm interested in buying this note. You know, who do I talk to? And kind of run the same thing. And so start at a 125 and see if you can meet somewhere in the middle, 150, 170, because that would make a good deal. But you'd still have to take it through the foreclosure process. Gotcha. So you would purchase the note and then foreclose? How, wait, I'm kind of confused. How, how would you, how does that work? Yeah. So let's say that they agree to 150, okay? And you... Um, you wire in 150, they give you an assignment of note on the deal. And so then you're in the position to foreclose. Well, the, the, the note's already defaulted. And this may be a state-by-state state issue. So I don't think you would have to restart the foreclosure process, but you might. Okay. So you start the foreclosure process, and that's roughly a six-month process in your state. So you get through the foreclosure process. And then at that point, uh, let's say that that the, the highest bid on the property is 220. Well, that's roughly what your payoff would be. So you get the difference in the 220 and the, the 150 that you bought the note for. Does that make sense? That's so, right. But if, if the property doesn't sell at the foreclosure steps, then you would get the property back and the seconds wiped out. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. 
So at the end of the day, guys, there's more than one way to, to structure something, you know, and the reason that I don't go to first and, and offer on, on deals is I just haven't found it necessary. Like generally we can buy equity faster by just dealing with the homeowner, catching it up, going on to another deal, you know, but if you wanted to, I mean, for maybe for learning experience, it may make sense to, to jump into this and just see what it, what it ended up being. And then if you, if it ended up being, they said, well, we'll take 120 because we don't want to foreclose then we raise some money and, and, and take it on. Yeah. I would think that would be uh, okay. Learning experience, except I think they're foreclosing within 30 days. So I don't think they'd want to sell it because they're going to, they're taking it to auction pretty soon anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's up to you. It, it, it may not work, may work. I don't know. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's it for me. All right, man. Best of luck on that one Friday. Keith, what's happening? I have a question regarding appraisals. At what point do you get a rep- an appraisal rather than going off of what you believe the ARV is or the, the current value is? Very rarely. So, and this, this again goes back to conservatism because I've, guys, I've seen appraisals vary by 20% on the same property. You know, so I, I don't look at it as like the end all be all when it comes to value. But um, I'm trying to think of the last time we even got one. Generally speaking, guys, like we're buying so cheap that the value is obvious in terms of what we've created when we bought. And so if that's the case, then there's no need to go and get an appraisal. Like I have a pretty decent understanding of what the value is. And then I go to realtors and get comparable sales. So we bought a house in Atlanta, East Atlanta. Yesterday, the, the contract came in. We bought it for 120. I knew that the value... I thought was 180 the way it sat. Okay. I personally believe that we're looking at more like 190 because this is an appreciating market. We're going into spring and this is a pretty, it's a bigger house than the rest of the area. Okay. So it's like we've got some, some issues there. But even at 180, we're good and the value is, is obvious. We bought it for 120, multiple comps, say 180, maybe it's 190, maybe 195. We'll see. But, uh, you know, I, if you need an appraisal, then I would kind of caution you that maybe the equity position is not obvious and, and it's not there. And maybe we should just find a safer deal. Cool. That's pretty much around the same lines. If I can't find comps, I, I basically just am super transparent with that person. Tell them I don't want to take this deal unless I'm going to get a smoking price on it. And I don't you know, want to insult you with an offer. And yeah. most of the time they just get off the phone with me, you know, which yeah. I'm totally fine with. I just mark them unqualified and they go on a follow-up trip. But I wanted to see if, if you had any, like, at this point, I get an appraisal. Like, you already know the value. So I'm already telling people, if, if way out in the boonies, like, there's just no comps or I have to go back. Some of these places, I'll even go out five miles and back five years and there's one sold property. And at that point, like, I'm genuinely not interested because I cannot verify. So that's when, if they came to me and said, Keith, I'll sell this for $2,000. At that point, I would get an appraisal to make sure that it's not worth five, you know, something crazy like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and that's fine. Um, but the thing is, man, like, because the data is out there now, like 30 years ago, having an appraisal, they had a lot more data than what you have. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but today with PropStream and everything else with the MLS, I mean, you have the same data that they do, generally speaking. Right. Right. You know, so, and we're going to take more time to verify value because it's our money. Right. We're not going to run our money like we are. 
So I'm also uh, refining my processes. So now I get to delete a line item. There you go. That's perfect. Thanks. That's perfect. Anybody else have anything? All right, guys. We'll shut it down for today. Next support calls Thursday evening, 7.30 Central Time. Appreciate you guys being with us. If you guys need anything, just reach out. We'll see you guys next time. Don't take me. All right. Thanks, Brad. See you, Ray. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, guys. All right, man. See y'all.